Down. You can't you can't stop it there. How many how many more minutes have you got of that? Well, I recorded the quite a lot of the song, but um I was at the bar at the time and uh quite a few people clocked that I had a microphone and uh viewed it as a karaoke opportunity and they oh, very, dear. very badly wanted to solo into the microphone. Um but had very poor very poor mic technique. So quite significant chunks of it are totally unusable. It's just a sort of ah! as people scream into the mic. Well, maybe that could be the sort of end clip, the sort of closing <laughs> clip of the pod. <laughs> just a whole load of noise from our listeners. Um, yeah. How good was that? How uh, good that? So, so, so those that have absolutely no idea what that was, and, and I well, think we yeah, should probably... we just do, uh, maybe we should just say hello and welcome to the Guns or Pegs podcast. <laughs> forget it's just a chat between you and i is it <laughs> yeah exactly i mean as you might have gathered this episode is not going to follow the usual format um i had a long think about how we might be able to make it do that and um i think it's a reflection of just how chaotic the whole weekend was that that isn't really an option um so you might hear a few kind of old favorites cropping up here and there but by and large this is going to be just a random reflection on the game fair weekend the guns or pegs podcast party and uh chris i've got a few surprises lined up for you um i'm excited yeah so basically over the weekend i was going around with my microphone uh recording little bits and pieces here and there um quite a lot at the party uh some beforehand um and i'm going to play them at you and we're going to see what happens Sounds good. So we should probably say to people, if this is the first episode of the Guns on Pegs podcast that you've listened to, pause right now, <laughs> go back a bit, because there's quite a lot of context that's got us to this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. A lot of this next hour or so would be um, pretty meaningless uh, if you yeah. don't know what's gone before. So yeah, definitely do that. Um, so, so, so that clip came from the party, which has been in planning for a number of episodes, right when like the peak of lockdown, that idea came about, when the idea of a party was just sort of a light year away. Uh, wind back to some of those episodes, have a listen to them first, then come back and listen to this one. It'll be all the more enjoyable. Indeed. Right. So I think what we'll do, Chris, is in order to maintain some semblance of structure and logic, I'm going to go through it uh, chronologically. Okay. So I want to start with an interview that I recorded on uh, Friday morning of the Game Fair. I was totally unprepared for people coming onto the Guns on Peg stand and asking to talk to me. Um, <laughs> I just was not not in the right headspace for it. So it completely threw me. Right, okay, so if you could start by telling me your names. I'm Robert Hall, and this is my son, Jack. Jack, Robert, good to meet you. And uh, it's, what is it, 11 o'clock on the Friday morning of the Game Fair. Have you had a nice, had a nice time so far? We have, being as though we found the easy way in. So um, we were chatting a bit before, and uh, you told me that you're a fan of the podcast. So what I'm doing this, this weekend is I'm going to try and get a few little mini-interviews with podcast listeners and maybe a few people who have not listened to it before and um, find out a little bit about them. So um, tell me a bit about your shooting. Well, I'm... Um, 56 years old, I've been shooting since I was probably my son's age, he was 12, on and off, shooting, ferreting, used to be, do a lot of lamping, 
Terriers Foxing. Uh, not so much driven shooting, but I've had the few good days driven shooting. My shooting's more walked up and roost shooting, decoy shooting. Lovely, and what, what neck of the woods are you in? I'm just outside Skipton, North Yorkshire. Great. And Jack, I gather you're just starting out on your shooting journey, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so um, how long have you been shooting for? Um, about a year and a bit now. A year and a bit? And yeah. uh, what, what sort of gun are you using? 20 uh, bore? Or? Yeah, 12 bore. 12 bore? Yeah. Lovely. And who shoots best? Me. <laughs> I reluctantly agree. <laughs> and so you go out together, do you, and yeah. do a bit of roost shooting, pigeon shooting, that kind of thing? Crow shooting in winter, decoy shooting at the moment. Can't wait for the partridge uh, to start. Yes, that'll be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, have you had it's a... not just as warm as it is today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you been out on a driven day yet, Jack? Uh, yes. When was your first time? I think it's 30th of December. Last and year. can you remember your first driven bird? Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, it was so it was coming out of the wood, and um, came, it was quite easy shot. It came, it came from left to the right, and yeah, that's it. Nailed it first barrel. <laughs> yeah. And Partridge. He had the. He had the no, there was a hen pheasant, and he had the shoot owner stood behind him because <laughs> there's not too many shoot owners want 12 year olds shooting on their estates. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's great that, that the shoot owner was, was prepared to do that, really. Yeah. Excellent. And so, um, you here all weekend, or is this just the only day you're at the, the game fair? Just today, we've come down to see you and to see the Ineos. Oh, well, that's a, a real honour. Um, I'm going to wish you guys a very enjoyable rest of the show. Um, have a wonderful time. Thank you ever so much for coming to see us. Thank you very much. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Thank yeah. you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So, Chris... That was our first. That was the first time someone came up and uh, and specifically said that they'd come to the game fair uh, to 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 meet us. Proud moment for you, isn't it? It, it really was actually. Like I, it was it was quite a, a peculiar feeling. Um, yeah, I didn't quite know how to how to react really, other than just like gratitude. There was an interesting point that was raised in there about. Um, uh, and it was something that came up a couple of times at the game fair. Game fair is is um, young guns struggling to find places to shoot, and I thought maybe a, a little public service announcement might be quite useful at this point, which is to all young guns, um, as was sort of inferred in that little clip. Um, a lot of estate owners and keepers are understandably nervous about having young guns on their shoot, but. In our experience, what they're really looking for is knowing that those young guns will be accompanied by somebody who knows what they're doing uh, and that they're safe. Uh, so if you are out there and you're looking for shooting and you're finding that you're running into a bit of a, a brick wall on occasion, um, that is the, the absolute key. Um, you know, Make sure that it's a, a parent who's sending the inquiry uh, and make sure that the, that the keeper is or the shooter, shoot owner is you know aware that you're uh, that you're safe and that you know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it is a really important point because it, it is tricky and understandably, if you're trying to make up a line as well, or you've got a team there, the, the person organising the team or the shooter, whoever, is really trying to match personalities and people together. And if you get someone on the peg next door standing next to a young gun, they don't know that young gun. Your natural assumption is going to be one of caution and you're going to be concerned about um, 
maybe how much experience that person has. So our advice would be, do not underestimate how much you might need to convince a shoot to understand the experience that that person's had and everything they've done to reach this point, how excited they are, the safety, the, the, the person who's going to be standing with them, just do what you can because it, it will pay off. Obviously, there are a lot of people willing to give people their first chance, but more than willing, you know, people are desperate to see young people coming into shooting. And, um, Absolutely. you know, I was very fortunate and I grew up in a far, on a farm and, you know, had a, a dad who was um, able to, to introduce me to the sport in a safe environment. And if you're not in that fortunate position, um, which let's face it, most people aren't, um, there are opportunities out there for you. Um, so don't get disheartened. Right. Uh, I think we will do the next clip. Now, this clip, Chris, um, you were actually part of, um, but I think it's worth playing in for our listeners at this point. It is uh, an interview with two of my favourite people from the weekend. Right. So, Chris, we've got two very special guests with us. We do. This is this is the long-awaited. So we've had uh, we've got here Tom and Bethany. Uh, and this long-running story over her horse Velvet, aka What's That You're Drinking, to the, to those who've been listening to the podcast. Guys, uh, thank you very much for coming and joining us. Thank you very much for having fine. us. <laughs> <laughs> so you put guys have just you, you've been here since yesterday, haven't you, Beth? Yeah. Well, we arrived on Friday night. Right. We What's that you're drinking in her stable? <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get used to good sport for even referring to your horse as that. <laughs> but there's a lot of people out there who know your horse now. Yeah. And Tom, you arrived this morning. Um, I did the stables at, at the crack of dawn this morning and then bashed in the car with, with Benji, um, Beth's sister, uh, brother, um, to, to come up and, uh, and join them. So, Bethany, tell us about the Shetland Pony Grand National, because I heard earlier there's, there's been some big names in this who've um, made it through to actually win the Grand National. Yeah, so there's Grand, Shetland Grand National, it sort of helps bring up all the young jockeys, so like Jim Crowley, the champion flat jockey, he used to do it when he was younger, and I know his daughters used to do it a couple of years ago, so it's really good fun, and you sort of just have, kind of make friends to it, it's really good. It's fantastic, and we watched your race earlier this morning did very well you're yeah. racing again this afternoon and then two more times no i'm not here on sunday you're not here on sunday yeah. okay so we better make sure that we're there this afternoon as well <laughs> um and so is that your ambition then is that what you'd like to do you'd like to ride in the grand national I sort one day i have two kind of ambitions i'd like to ride in the grand national but i also really like inventing and kind of banding to them early yeah so, so yeah, at some point you'll them. make a decision yeah so olympics or grand yeah. national yeah, yeah. <laughs> big ambitions you've got to have those aim high yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, Tom, you're the podcast listener. So, I've been trying to catch up with a few listeners over the course of the weekend, find out a little bit about their shooting, how they got into it, that kind of thing. So, perhaps you could um, um, well, tell us your story. Uh, for me, it, it started with a, with a clarity charity kind of uh, clay shoot, and, and you kind of took things more seriously after that. And we're quite close to Cowdery, so I, I kind of went properly down to the school at Cowdery. Uh, uh, then now taken over and run as Hound Hall yeah. uh, oh, yes. and things down there. Uh, and it, it went from there to sim game to, to, to game. So full circle, gone back to kind of a few things you were doing when you were a bit younger uh, and into it. Uh, through Guns on Pegs, I found my, my syndicate over at the old granary some years ago. And that's actually my neck of the woods, isn't it, Hampshire? Deepest, darkest Hampshire, yep. Best best partridge you can get, I think. <laughs> How long have you been in the syndicate there? Uh Five or six years, I, I think. You've got um, a good group of you, yeah. A, a very good group, and, and sadly, I've, I've just left them for, for, for this year when things kind of reset for this yeah. year. But um, 
you're shooting with friends, which is is just a really nice thing to do. Yeah. And, uh, it makes the day really the, so the weather long, and other how long things. were you a member of that syndicate then? Uh, about five or six years I think um, and uh, it had moved uh, kind of homes uh, as a group from one place to another place about six or seven years ago when the, when the farm was previously sold Right. Um, but they continue to go from strength to strength where they are now and Bethany are you ever invited along? I go sometimes I tend to bring the stacks and all the sausage dogs to kind of do some picking up <laughs> I mean it must be a Hampshire thing because my family have now three sausage dogs between them um, my mum and dad have two and my brother has one and none of them have shown any interest in picking up whatsoever they'll sniff a partridge maybe give it a lick and then they've lost interest is that the same with yours? Um, Sizzle, you, he absolutely Sizzle. loves. Yeah, he's called Sizzle. Sizzle. He absolutely loves. Do you know the fluffy um like dummies you get, the fluffy ones? Yeah, yeah, the rabbit. He fun. will go after them like no matter how far he is. He absolutely loves them. That's yeah, the rabbits. They're, yeah. Therefore, they're fair game. So does he retrieve? Sort of. Kind of. He, he'll <laughs> well, he'll he grab it and then run off, and and that's the last you see the dummy. Fifty percent to retrieve. So, so what I want to know, Tom, is, is how Bethany's booming racing career is affecting the shooting budget. Well, I, I must admit that the, the, the horses, um, Jenny, my wife, is over there hiding in the background somewhere. But um, it was love me, love my horses. So the, the, the shooting is an occasional escape around the horses. And um, horses and shooting are two quite pricey hobbies. Uh, yes, I think. I think. But the, the horses. I mean, there is a lot of things that go in the summer and, and some in the winter. And but, but, but shooting is the kind of the occasional escape you get in the winter yeah. on a weekday Absolutely. when you, you can put the ball under the hedge and kind of escape for the day um, Fantastic so I mean it's really really kind of you guys to come along this weekend and we're going to be wearing our what's that you're drinking shirts with pride at the Guns or Pegs party this evening Tom I gather we're going to see you there Yes, indeed. There was, I'm, I'm glad the swag was, was well received. So um, it's, it's very, very cool. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think either of us expected when we started this podcast, what, 18 months ago or so, that we would one day be wearing branded, <laughs> branded stash. We've had so many people come up to us asking us about this story. I can't tell you. It's been, it's been mad. Like this, this podcast has gone out of all recognition it's, just because we're I having think, a laugh. And people like you, who, who we've slightly the, lost control the of it, haven't it? We've slightly <laughs> lost control of the reins. <laughs> well, keep, keep going. Thank you. It's, yeah. Certainly during the first lockdown, it was. When they came out, you, you would almost save them for a Friday night with a Doom Bar or something like that, oh, and they were, they were really good fun. But these guys are racing next week at the Royal Lancashire Show. Yeah, Royal Lancashire. So oh, really? If, if you're that far up north. Okay, um, so those going to the Royal Lancashire Show, yeah. Yeah. get out and, and, and shout for Bethany. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I've completely forgotten the question I was going to ask. <laughs> Cut that bit. Yeah. I'm going to leave it in. So, warts and all. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming. It's been absolutely wonderful. And um, yeah, very good, good luck, luck the for this afternoon. Very best of luck. We will be there thank you. cheering you on. Keep an eye out for us if you can while you're going around at such high speeds. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we hope you win. Thank you. Awesome. They were great, weren't they? Yeah, so good. Um, that, that story, as I said, you know, then it. It was such a funny one because I think everyone sort of thought that's been like one of the one of the most long running jokes of the podcast, uh, and and to have this horse there called What's That You're Drinking with our own shirts and everything else, just unbelievable. <laughs> it's just yeah. brilliant. I think it was it was when um, Bethany came round very briefly on Friday afternoon, didn't she? And it um, that was when it hit home to me that um, 
this podcast is as i said in that in that interview it's completely spiraled and grown beyond anything we could possibly have imagined um and yeah that was that was an, another really special moment for me now do you want to hear the commentary oh go for it i think what's important to the other people she, you know she she was for those that haven't seen the photos um tom her dad had had completely branded up bethany you know she had these oh, yeah. joppers on with guns on pegs podcast logos all over them <laughs> oh yeah like, like like hip to knee on the on the joppers it was incredible well, she said apparently they weren't big enough, so he went back and got more done, and then and then her <laughs> mum had to stitch them on. <laughs> uh, but she she was the sort of only sponsored rider in this in this race. It was it was just so funny that it all happened. Play the clip, George. So they're coming down to the start now, and they are. Go on, Go on Bethany's got a fantastic start there. Bethany Lee is number eleven. Finn Murphy, he's there. Number twenty-two is Lottie Newman. Moore tucked in behind. And Lottie is going like the clappers around the outside. It's going to be Lottie Newman Bethany Moore up in into the third the there. And with Round the over the third Finn jump Murphy. in third number place. Is there. Samuel Lacey. Neck and neck. And behind that is number 21. That's She's in a cracking position at this stage. Proper race. racing Lottie position. Newman She's Moore. doing She's fantastically. Just coming so around the corner there. Still number in third Finn place. Murphy dropping back a bit now. Number 16 there. That's Bethany Lane. Davis. Uh, but there goes Lottie Newman Moore. She goes around the corner for the second time. Just dropping Coming back one place. She's quite a lot in the lead with number 11, Fit Murphy, chasing up behind. George, and I think we need to highlight Lottie Bethany's Moore. age she's versus others. Oh, yeah, them. she was definitely one of the youngest. Into the final two fences now. She's going to win it, I think. Well, a lot can happen. Look at her go. Come on, Lottie Bethany! Newman. Then it's number 11, <laughs> Fit Murphy. Then behind that, number 18, Olivia Head. And then number 10. Samuel Lacey, and here she comes, into the finish, goes Lottie newman Moore. she wins it, number 11 is second, Finn Murphy, no, number 18, Olivia Hedge. Cracking and effort from Bethany. Oh, so cool, so cool, and yeah, I mean, I think it's really worth pointing out that I think Bethany is definitely one of the youngest riders in the field, um, so, you know, she didn't win, uh, but I don't think we care about that, um, it was just fantastic that... Um, that she was there riding under our, our banner, I suppose. Well, let, let's see what happens. Uh, you know, we never say not. We won't do it again next year. We, we'll have to have a chat, won't we? Have have a, we'll have to have a Doom bar with Tom over, you know, in the pub sometimes. Well, that's it. a very good idea. And there's some stuff coming up where we might this this opportunity might present itself. Um, so now, Chris, uh, that was recorded on the Saturday morning. Uh, obviously, Saturday was the big day. Um, so, uh, let's talk about the party. Um, first of all, I want to play you, well, the thing that kind of kicked the party off, really. So, uh, fire in the hole. Whoa! (laughs) So, so no microphone on the planet is going to do that justice. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think that's worth saying. I mean, it was a really big bang. Um, and there's a really cool photo, um, that, uh, I will make sure that we share. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't want to get too close because I was worried about actually breaking the microphone. Um, it it was very very cool. So Simon West brought down his cannon uh, as promised in previous episodes and launched the party in style. Uh, by this point, we'd already had uh, there were already hundreds of people outside waiting for this to all happen, and it was one of those sort of subdued affairs where it was it was a, it was a light. Um, everyone was just having a light drink at the end of the day, chatting. And you just watched as the evening went on how things progressed from there. And, and that was yeah. really the start of it all. 
It was definitely quite a slow burn of an evening. Um, I wouldn't know, call it that. I think <laughs> I think it, for literally the first hour, it was just a normal drinks party, and then it just went a bit wild. Well, I, I was going to say, I think if you imagine the fuse on that cannon, it sort of fizzled, and then suddenly it all exploded. Um, I, there, there suddenly was a point where it was mayhem. Um, so I think at this point, I'd like to play in a clip that gives you an idea a, a little bit about how the party ended. So um, this was just after the band had finished playing and clearly everybody wasn't ready for the party to end. So here we go. That was amazing. Four hundred and fifty people singing "Sweet Caroline." I mean, those those are the things that we live for, is aren't they? Yeah, oh, it was amazing. It was like being at Headingley. COVID disappeared for at least a day at that point, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, now the, the choice is now up to you, Chris. Um, I can either play you some more stuff that was recorded at the party, or I can play you. Some of the aftermath. No, let's, I've let's got... go. Let's go back to the start of the party. We, you know, so so we we'd got there. Uh, I think the, the the scene was set. We were, we were in the Nice and Wild restaurant, which was run by Tim Adams, uh, and and there was proceeds going to the Country Food Trust. Atmosphere was really picking up really nicely, and that was hugely helped by, I think, probably the star of the evening, the unsung star of the evening, uh, John Fordyce, who runs oh. the Borders Distillery. What, what a, a hero! Guy. Uh, so he. We obviously got a chance to properly meet him face to face. So he brought along some drinks to supply for the bar. So we had um, we had Kerr's gin and tonic. Now they're pretty stiff, but they they tasted great. <laughs> but I mean, they, rigid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they supercharged the evening in a big way. So you had a choice. So so guests could come up, get their drinks. They had the Kerr's gin and tonic, which is lovely. And if you see that, go and buy Kerr's gin. Uh, obviously, these are the guys that made this fun. Uh, and then. Uh, we had a Puffing Billy steam vodka martini, uh, which, I mean, it was rocket fuel because at, at 6, well, 7 p.m. on a Saturday evening after a long day at the game fair, a martini, when you've been on your feet all day, uh, I mean, it, it, it sort of got to places that a beer wouldn't have done, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to say, I didn't have one of those. I'd stuck to the gin and tonic. But, um, I mean, it was just... As you say, it really did just get the get the party going in such a great way, um, and uh, everybody likes a free drink. Um, and yeah, just well, incredibly kind of John to to provide those drinks for everybody and and help th- get help uh, oil the wheels. Indeed, uh, and then you know, as expected, uh, a, a couple of those, and and ev- and the bar was suddenly six deep of people yes. trying to get hold of more, <laughs> uh, which was quite funny. So uh, far yeah, away, go on. Next, clip. right? Okay. Well, I think we'll go in chronological order again, since that was how we started. So, at, again, at the party, I was going around with my microphone, um, and uh, I got to chat to some of our podcast listeners again. And one of the really cool things was seeing podcast listeners meeting each other for the first time. And getting on and having a chat and that really, but what I hadn't considered is that they might be concocting plans of their own. Fred and Mungo, who've both sent in uh, stories for Guns on Pegs podcast, have got an idea. Share the idea. 
It's got to be a, a royal meeting of the Order of the Garter. Absolutely. I mean, Arranged. there's no other way. Arranged by Guns on Pegs. Yeah. So we're talking a shoot day, right? We're talking we're pretty much. Yeah, we're short That's essentially anywhere. what we're saying. Are you I think a, a, an Order of the Garter's shoot day is a seriously good idea. It's got to be done. Oh, dear. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? <clears throat> They're obviously reaching deep into their pockets. I mean, I... I mean, it's not like we can't find a shoot day. Uh, that's obviously what we do. Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some good friends who will certainly be up for that. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have some listeners who will be keen for it. Uh, yeah. OK, what sort of shoot day are you imagining, George? Well, a chaotic one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, think, I don't know. We I, could maybe do like a find somewhere who'd do a, like a walk one, stand one. You know, if we were going to do it, we want as many people involved as possible, right? That's a good idea. Um, I like I like the whole walk one stand one idea because obviously you get a lot more people taking part. Exactly, and um, you know we don't want it to be too exclusive, and we don't want you know we're not talking like a great big bag because we want it to be you know within reach and that kind of stuff. So you know that there's there's anyway I've got more for you, Chris. Well, hold on, hold on. the walk one stand one thing could happen, but the but the in true podcast style. The night before or the night after is going to be fairly crucial to this. Isn't well, it? it's funny you should say that because um, another podcast listener found me and uh, had an idea of his own. So have a listen to this. State your name. Bernard. Okay, and Bernard has just given me a really good idea. Bernard, your story that you sent in was cricket related. Elaborate on your idea. Well, I had the opportunity to go and shoot grouse on the 12th of August unfortunately it clashed with Lords first test versus India and I've got a brilliant idea why don't we have a guns on pegs cricket team a podcast 11 I think that is one of the best ideas we've had so far from our listeners so elaborate a bit more on this idea so for those that remember I am actually employed at an undisclosed first class county so therefore, I think we might be able to get a couple of good players to play against the Select 11. And therefore, we might be able to raise some money for a charity to uh, whatever it be, you know. I think that's a really good idea. And um, I was chatting to some other listeners earlier on at the party and they suggested a Guns on Pegs podcast shoot day. So I'm thinking that maybe we could do a sort of early September partridge day on the saturday followed by on the sunday a cricket match and then everybody goes home i think that could be a really fun thing that sounds like a serious idea saturday sunday game <laughs> okay, of cricket, nice barbecue <laughs> let the ale run the wine run and etc and we'll have some plays in between and the really good news is if i put this in the podcast and don't tell chris and it goes out on air it has to happen it's got to happen. Let's do it. Awesome. Right, well, go back and enjoy the party, Burn, and thank you ever so much for coming. Thank you very much. <laughs> do, do you think you might have had a drink by this point? And you know well, how, like, you think just get carried away? Like, I mean... Our last episode was the shooting weekend episode, and what you've just... Dis- dis- 
you know, decided is that you're going to go and play cricket at what sounds to me like a pretty decent ground. You're then going to go for some clay shooting, go out for dinner, do this. Then you're going to rock up at another shoot. You can have a nice shoot day with a whole load of other people. I mean, it's <laughs> you've given it. I mean, you might as well be a travel agent, George. Is that well, <laughs> look, you've got to aim, like we said to Bethany, aim high, Chris, aim high. <laughs> look, I, I at first I was like a cricket team. I mean, oh, God, this is going to be chaos. Uh, then obviously I forget. He's employed at a county. He starts bringing, he might even pull names out of the bag. Uh, then there's the charity element. So immediately we can, you know, that, that we've got an angle and a reason. Uh, I like where he's going with that one. I'm not convinced that you should tie it to the shoot day. You've got a different audience. Don't forget, we've got to find people that play cricket and people want to go on the shoot day, different locations, all the rest of it. I'm I'm keen that we do these, but I'm not sure we should join them together. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, there's a possibility we might be able to get shoot day organised for the cup, the season ahead. I mean, it's going to be a challenge, but um, like it, what I like is that we've got some ideas that are just sort of kicking about, and uh, you know, okay, they right, they, we'll see what happens. We'll see what so, happens. Maybe so- somebody's listening and they think, oh, I've got just the venue. I've well, got this is state. it. It's got a cricket ground. We've got a little shoot. Come and do it. <laughs> no, hold on. You're, you're missing the trick with the cricket ground. Surely, if this point, if this person's employed at a first class county, we've got to be leveraging that county's uh, setup in some way. Well, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, want even to if su- it's a practice pitch, I wouldn't want to sully a first class ground with our seventh class cricket, though. Okay, well, let me we'll see. Um, uh, get, nice, go back. To nice sh- bit of country house cricket. Followed okay, by, get, you know, George, we're not, we're not joining them together. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> no way, because we've got to organise this. Right, so go back to the shoot. It, I, I think we need a fairly central location. We're looking for a shoot. Well, obviously, we're going to have a look at uh, uh, Guns on Pegs for this. But if you happen to be listening, uh, and a fairly central location in the UK, just because then that opens it up to as many listeners as possible. Uh, what one stand, one small day, decent pub down the road. That's all we're after. So if you think that that shoot might be you, just let us know. We're keen to take a day. Uh, cricket, let's go back to uh, to our listener there and just and let, let's have a let's, let's have a chat and get that yeah. one going. Yeah. yeah, cool. Okay, great. Go. So, what more have you got to throw? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep you on for too much longer. Um, so after a party, there's always the next day. Uh, and um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that we're all feeling a little bit tender. Yeah, I mean, pe- people like so 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 we also had uh, people like Tom Payne who had quite he's had quite a lot of airtime during this podcast. Uh, but it was because a few people had messaged in and said, you know, get on the stage, play the triangle. For those that weren't there, he got on the stage and played the triangle to the tune of Happy Birthday sung to his wife. <laughs> he did. Uh, not only that, um, I mean, he played it to the um, to the Spice Girls as well. And you have never seen somebody play the triangle with such panache and, uh, and <laughs> style and verve. I mean, it was it was very good. Um, so, so his hangover was probably worse than most, uh, but there was a yeah. few up there. <laughs> yes, and um, on on Sunday afternoon, Chris and I sat down uh, and recorded a little bit of a reaction. So um, here's that. Right, it's five o'clock on Sunday afternoon. We're going to start packing the Guns on Peg stand down fairly soon but I've got Chris here and I thought it'd be a good idea before we leave the site just have a bit of a reflection on 
uh, what happened at the party. How do you think it went, Chris? Before I start with that, should we start with a quick game of what's that you're drinking? Oh, yeah, okay, good idea. What's that you're drinking? Buxton. <laughs> <laughs> and and I've got a pint of uh, sustainably sourced tap water. <laughs> That tells you everything you need to know. It does. Um, <laughs> where, do we, where do we start? Um, so we started doing parties at the game fair in 2011 when we had this massive double-decker stand at Blenheim. Uh, and we, we had a band in the, on the top of that. And it was, to this day, people have been coming up all weekend being like, oh, I was at your party at 2011. Anyway, 10 years on, and with 18 months of lockdown in between, there was some rather interesting sights last night <laughs> and some pent up I don't know aggression towards a party it was it was just absolutely unbelievable but the atmosphere was just just perfect yeah I mean it was uh, obviously the first Guns on Pegs party that I've experienced I'm assuming that in previous years they haven't all been quite that raucous I mean they've been fairly raucous but that was another level Actually, what and you can tell it's another level when the band at the end, obviously they go to a lot of parties, but the band at the end were just like jaws dropped. Like, who are these people? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty... I, I, I don't really know how many people there were there. I mean, it's got so, to have been 400. So 450 uh, were there towards the end of that, uh, which... Um, Speaking quietly, it was probably a bit of a safety issue going on. <laughs> I mean, I think I heard that they they sold over a thousand pints behind the bar, and that's on top of all the free drinks that were given out as well. They did. Uh, so yes, I mean, John, the Borders Distillery. The, I, we need to thank that guy. Like, there is no tomorrow. He created the atmosphere for that party to start with because everyone had some fairly stiff gin and tonics. Well, I'm pretty confident that they'd lost the tonic when I had my first one I'm pretty sure it was mostly gin um, but I mean yeah a lot of stuff there was quite a carefully planned out running order for that party and I always say that a plan is a list of things that won't happen on time in this instance it was a list of things that would, didn't happen at all so I'd, I'd planned to get up on, on the mic and say thank you to John and there was going to be an auction that didn't happen um, but uh, I think that is a testament to the atmosphere that was in the room um, there was absolutely no point interrupting it but uh, look it's it's down to all our listeners we had so many lovely comments from people last night and honestly that everyone who's been on this sort of journey of the last 18 months obviously we've all been cooped up and we've loved creating this podcast but having lots of people to meet so many people last night was just unbelievable and and lots of lovely stories and lots of crazy ideas as well which we're going to have a look we're going to have another planning session yeah well I've not actually listened I recorded loads of stuff last night at the party but I haven't been back through and listened to it all yet but yeah some of our listeners have come up with some pretty cool ideas and if we can make even one of them come off I think that would be amazing um, the thing that amazed me was so for example Blair Bauman who yeah. emailed in to say that he was listening to the podcast in his van with his with his boys on the way to work he and his wife drove 10 hours to come to the game fair and their principal reason for coming to the game fair was to come to our party. That is mad. Also, Rachel, did you meet Rachel? She she doesn't even shoot. She doesn't really shoot. Her dad's a keeper or was a keeper and uh, she does a bit of beating but she found the podcast and really enjoyed it. She came to the game fair by herself to come to the party. I mean... <laughs> Dedication. It's unbelievable. I mean, so tell me, have you got like a favourite moment from last night? Let's just start with that. 
Yeah, I think... Well, actually, I don't know where to start. So it was dear old Claire Sadler's birthday. Uh, she's due in four weeks. So the, tw- the 12th of August. <laughs> well, that's typical, isn't it? It's Tom Payne's other half. That was always going to happen. <laughs> um, so the fact she was even there was quite something. Uh, and it was her birthday. So we, we brought her onto our sort of makeshift straw bale stage. Uh, and Tom was playing the triangle whilst the bang sa- band sang happy birthday to her. Like literally 400 people in front singing happy birthday back at her. I mean, that's just awesome. What a way to celebrate your birthday. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I mean, Tom... I mean, I wondered whether Tom was going to be maybe a bit retiring about getting on stage, getting on the mic. He did say some words on the mic. I don't think I heard them. No. <laughs> um, I don't know if they were coherent, but he wasn't retiring at all, was he? And he was, he, I think at one point he basically joined the band for about the last half an hour of the party. So, um, I, think, I think the next moment was uh, the culmination at the end. Don't Look Back in Anger came on, the, the Oasis classic. And, uh, and I, was on the, I was on this straw bed at the front. And it literally started this sort of Euros England goal scoring like moment. <laughs> but when um, when uh, Sam from Tweedle started uh, Sweet Caroline off, when that first chorus hit, I had a full pint. And by the time the chorus was over, I had half a pint and none of it went in my mouth. Um, it was like a mosh pit. It was bizarre. Um, I think for me, one of the coolest things was the cannon. I mean. A band, everybody having a good time, everybody dancing. It was expected. I think the cannon is something that really kind of set it apart. It's a great and way made, to start it a party. was a really good way to start a party. It made a big bang, great big puff of smoke and sparks coming out the end. It's Simon's underpants flying out. <laughs> it was Simon's underpants <laughs> flying out the end. <laughs> but, 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 people came up to us and they're asking, why, why do you do this? What's, what's the reason for this big party? And uh, the, the answer is quite simple. Our strapline of Guns on Pegs is plan the best days of your life because days out with our mates in the field are some of the best days of our life. We can't have a day out shooting at the game fair. So what can we do? Create a massive party. That's the only way to try and work in what we do as a company uh, and just, just give, people, give people a good time. Yeah, and not to get too philosophical about it because it's easy to do that on a hangover. Um, I think, you know, not many people there knew each other. You know, there must, yeah. have, been, there must have been a good three or four hundred people there they can't all have known each other but the atmosphere was created because we're all here because we love one thing we have a shared passion a shared um understanding and i think that that is what made that such a great night yeah indeed um that and that months and months of build-up let's face it a lot of the dancing wasn't great i think a lot of the people dancing there were a bit out of practice they haven't had a summer of weddings to get warmed up (laughs) and i think it showed (laughs) I'll tell you, okay, so the other the other thing that I thought was amazing is we'd, we'd set up this line of bales to keep the likes of Tom Payne out of the band's equipment and inevitably people began dancing on the bales. I have no idea how it happened, but somehow they managed to destroy one of these straw bales through the sheer act of dancing on it. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, there, and at the end, it looked like was, a lambing shed when the we end, finished. There was, one, there was one bloke who looked like um, he sort of had a roll around in it. He was covered head to toe in his hair, all over his clothes. It was astonishing. Final thoughts? Oh, looking forward to next year. Oh, God, are we doing it again? Absolutely. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing it again next year? I think we have to, don't we? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) It's two weeks later. I still haven't properly recovered. No, I know. It's good fun, though. Um, And, yeah, thank you to all those that came and made it happen, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Look, Chris, party aside, I think that the the game fair itself um, was a really amazing weekend. Um, It was tough work for us, but, you know, they say that it's one of the best attended game fairs in a really long time. Um, And there was a real sense of um, optimism and excitement. And did you get that? Yeah, absolutely. I I thought it was a huge success. Um, And I think if you... Don't, obviously, because last year was a bit of a nothing year for a lot of people. Um, it's been a long time since uh, a lot of us have had the chance to really enjoy our hobby. And uh, and I think that walking around, obviously seeing all the all the sort of gun shop stands, the clothing stands, all the, all the gun makers uh, there as well. That was just, it just really got you going again. It reminded you what's just around the corner. And the game fair has always really been that marker in the calendar, which is sort of, Hey, season's literally about to get going, so so get yourself sorted, type thing. Uh, and we've always seen that impact on the website uh, in terms of piquing people's interests. Um, so yeah, the atmosphere was a probably slightly more supercharged this year because of the situation, but it was just awesome. So if you don't really go to the game fair, we can't encourage it enough. Get next year in your diary. It's back at Ragley Hall at the end of July. Yeah, but you know, I think it makes me feel like the season that's just around the corner now. Um, people are properly excited for it. I Def- like it. It feels to me like it's going to be. I mean, a bit like the party actually. That there's going to be this sort of almighty release of emotion and um, and a rush of um, sort of well, familiar joy that comes over you when you have that first day out on the peg each year. Absolutely. Well, we've almost got data that backs up that that's going to happen already. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a lot of people who came up to us saying, yeah, super excited for the season. Um, you know, got some things sorted, but still want to get a few more. And, and because of because of the situation with with, with lockdown and, and restrictions and everything else, um, people aren't fully planned up for the season yet. But the thing is, there's not a lot left. A lot of shoots are, are sold out and, and a lot of shoots have only got one or two days left. So we're almost certainly going to see a mad rush for, for little availability. And we were sort of trying to explain this to people on the stand, just saying, you know, get cracking, otherwise you will be left disappointed. But the the excitement is absolutely there. And I think by the time that a few people have had some days under their belts, uh, you know, everyone's going to remind themselves what, what they love so much. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, Chris, uh, before we wrap everything up, what I want to say is I've got two more clips that I've not played in yet. One of them is uh, from Simon West. Um which I will play in right at the end of the episode, um, which uh, in which he talks to us about the canon. Um, it's not really sort of part of the podcast as such, but I thought people might be interested to know a little bit about what the canon, why canon, why he has a canon, um, that kind of stuff. And, and there's an explanation about the underpants reference you made in that little clip that we played <laughs> just there as well. Um, so uh, there's that. Um, and then uh, it's a bit of a... there's. A, a, a little thing I recorded with Sam from Tweedle uh, the day after the party as well. And the reason I want to play that in now is because it's, um, well, there's a little bit of a teaser in there. Um, so uh, here goes that. Right, so it is Sunday afternoon, the day after the night before. I've got Sam from Tweedle here. Hello. Uh, how are you feeling? Good, mate. Yeah? Yeah, good. Um okay, we go. I have to say, first game fair as a as a trade stand holder, and it has took it out of me. <laughs> However, I do think this um, pair of the dog might go down well. Yeah, so we've both got a pint. I'm still not sure if it's a good idea, really. Um, 
got quite a shaky hand this morning. I just Dan. noticed that, mate. <laughs> I just noticed that. Everything okay? Well, yeah, it's been a long few days. Yeah. Last night was quite intense. Yeah. I saw you having a bit of fun up the front. Yes. Yeah, no, it was a great party, mate. R- really good party. We only came down a bit later on. We had a bit of a do in our tent, and then we thought we'd better venture down, and uh, it was carnage. It was quite raucous. Um, was it you who started Sweet Caroline? At the end, yeah, it was. Uh, we spoke with you guys and, and Chris on Friday, and I said, "Look, let's get Sweet Caroline going." Unfortunately, we didn't manage to do it with the microphone. Uh, I don't think you needed it. We did not need it. <laughs> the whole tent erupted. I think I lost half a pint. Yeah, there was lager thrown everywhere. Um, it was great. Good. And so, what about the rest of the weekend? Then, have you had a good a good first? game fair yeah no it's been amazing um so good to be here it's not only our first game fair it's our first actual show yeah um makes sense so yeah just so good to be in front of people and you know you can't beat face-to-face contact i know social media is great it's it's actually my first game fair as well because i only joined guns on pegs two years ago obviously last year was cancelled so it's been a bit of an eye-opener for me as well yeah um but it's been really nice you know meeting people yeah. I've had so many people listen to the podcast come up and say hi, which has been great. Yeah. I feel like an absolute idiot sitting here in this pith hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a gift from a listener, which is very kind. It's a very um, nice hat, I have to admit. But yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to get you on the podcast for a proper episode in That'd a few weeks' great. time, hopefully. Yeah. Um, can we talk about what up. we're going to talk about then? Just give people a little taste. Can we do that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, well, maybe you should do that. What's yeah, so um, we've got, obviously, Tweedle, if anybody's that's listening has never heard of us we're a competition company um, that offer prizes um, in return for a ticket the odds are always good uh, ticket price is always generally quite low and we've got something in the pipeline with, with the uh, Guns on Pegs boys uh, which is quite exciting yeah so I think the plan is and this is very good content right now you have to listen to the episode with Sam to find out what that competition is going to be all about yes so we'll be launching it on that podcast. Exactly. You won't hear about it before then. Yeah, so when that episode comes out, you'll get all the details about how to enter and what the prize is and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I've been slightly involved with some of the conversations about what the prize should be, and I can tell you it's going to be an absolute belter. People will really, really want this prize. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, they do with all your prizes, don't yes. they? Yes, yeah, they do. And a um, bit of a teaser there's going to be more than one winner, isn't there? Yes. More than one. More winner. than one winner. So the odds are even better than usual. Absolutely, mate. Tenfold. Well, yeah, yeah that's really, really cool. So, there we have it. That's everything that we recorded over the weekend. Um, the uh, we've got Sam joining us uh, for an episode very soon. We haven't lined it up exactly yet, but it will be in uh, in the next few weeks with any luck. Um, and uh, yeah, we're really excited about the competition, aren't we, Chris? Indeed, we are. I mean, it's people like Sam uh, who, you know, people listen. They listen to the pod. They then get involved. They come up with ideas. It's other listeners that that, that message in. Uh, other guests that have been on. It's what creates this community, and I think what more widely the shooting community that we absolutely love so much. It's just been absolutely awesome, and what a weekend! Yeah, exactly. Um, listen, everyone who's been listening, thank you very much for joining us. Everybody who came to the party. Thank you so much for coming to the party. Everybody came up to the stand and spoke to us about the podcast, spoke to us about Guns on Pegs. Thank you very much for doing that as well. It was a really special weekend for me. I think it was for you as well, Chris. 
indeed and uh yeah we we still want your correspondence for future episodes we we're, we're gearing up for next year's party but remember pod at gunsonpegs.com oh yeah that's how you um, get in touch definitely and of course you get yourself a set of the guns on pegs podcast garters as well and uh that is obviously hugely desirable as we learned over the weekend um it that reminds me chris i have got one last little snippet that's come out of that weekend uh but i'm going to save that for the next episode i think oh god incriminating probably (laughs) (laughs) right um so i hope you've uh, enjoyed listening it's been a slightly different episode a little bit chaotic and we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh with another special guest until then thanks very much for listening and goodbye Sunday afternoon. I'm here with Simon West. Simon is the person who very kindly provided the cannon for last night's party. And uh, we were talking about it just before the bang. What what fun. It was so much fun. But I thought it'd be interesting for people to know a little bit about the cannon. So you actually made it. I did, yeah. A few years ago, back in the late 90s, um, a friend of mine had given a tour at the Royal Artillery Museum yeah. to a billionaire who at the end said, where can I buy one of these guns? And I, and he, he told me about it and I thought, billionaire wants guns, I, re- I reckon I could do that. So I, I spent a bit of time researching what was involved, realized there was no one else in the country doing it, uh, casting bronze cannon. And I thought, right, I need to chat up a local foundry. I need to make a pattern and we'll see what happens. So the, the story evolved actually a little bit later with the billionaire. But to start with, I I just did a few experimental pieces, realized that there were skills that had been lost in time after the Royal Artillery and the Royal Navy had stopped using bronze cannons in the middle of the 19th century. And it was, um, it was time to get back to doing some stuff. So I I cast a few, had them bored out, sent them to the proof house, got a stamp, and suddenly I started finding customers. And the first lot went to America to some mad reenactors who thought the American <laughs> War of Independence was still running. So, <laughs> okay, so give us some vital statistics on the cannon that we used last night. So last night we used um, one of those War of Independence guns. It was a a light infantry three pounder. So it's. Um, it's about a metre long. Um, it has a bore size of, I think originally it was about two and a half inches. This one's a slightly smaller to deal with UK legislation. Right. Um, but it's 
It's a gun that would have been used by the, the British forces to quell the rebellious colonials. And, um, uh, and it was a reproduction of that. So, uh, yeah, a lovely little piece firing um, about six ounces of large grain black powder. Right, and you have actually fired ball with this as well, have you not? Uh, yes, indeed. Well, most of, most of the guns I make, I want to be proper um, cannon in that they are proved for live shot. So a three-pounder would fire a three-pound iron ball. Um, a one-pounder is about a two-inch calibre. Right. Um, so if you want one of these on your shotgun certificate, smooth bore barrel, more than 24 inches, less than two-inch calibre, um, then that yeah. that's the size to go for. Right. <laughs> okay, and so last night um, you told me about a tradition in terms of wadding. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I find after I made a few of these, I, I finally summoned up the courage to go back to the billionaire, uh, well famous now. I won't I won't reveal it because of the nature of the next bit of the story, but. Um, I, I made a half-scale nine-pounder, so similar size to the one we used last night, but um, a slightly different design, one used by the Royal Horse Artillery at Waterloo. Right. And, um, and he used to fire this gun across his estate at his lake um, for target <laughs> practice, and he would challenge lunch guests to choose the amount of powder and the elevation to be able to get the uh, the one pound iron ball into the lake with a, an appropriate splash that looked a bit like a depth charge going off. Um, and um, I noticed that um, on one occasion we, we'd set fire to the dry grass just below his uh, patio. So I raced down to sort of stamp out the fire, only to realise that the, the fire had been started by a smouldering pair of underpants. And, um, and now, um, and now as, as, a as a mark of tradition and, and celebrating the original event, um, if I do have any spare boxes with me that um, uh, will fit the task, then then they go down, they go down the barrel with the other wadding, and um, and they, it seems to work quite well. And that's so that's what you used last night. You used a pair of underpants and some well, other. Well, it was it was really nice that the Game Fair Fire Brigade were on hand to assist <laughs> with the smouldering boxes. I thought that was quite funny. And um, no, they they were very they were very efficient dealing with the. Um, the cotton waste. I I I stamped out the the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say it was an absolutely fantastic way to start the party. I mean, it literally went off with a bang, and it was a really big bang. Um, I have got a recording of it. I've not listened back to any of the stuff I recorded last night because I'm slightly scared of it. But um, it was fantastic of you to bring it all the way here, and. Um, it really made it uh, a, a special and different way to, to set off the party. Well, it was quite a night, wasn't it? There was, um, <laughs> it was pretty special. There were a lot of people having a lot of fun. I think we all we, we all owe it to ourselves to have a bit of fun after a lockdown. So. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, thank you ever so much for dropping by this afternoon. I know you're running the, the, the theatre over there, so you've got lots on. But um, yeah, thank you ever so much once again for bringing the for bringing the cannon, and um, it was a perfect way to start setting well, things George, off. Well, George, thank, thank you very much for the opportunity to tell us the story, and thank you very much for last night. Great fun. Okay. Thanks for coming.